gets going. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the podcast from P-Town. I am your co-host, and the other co-host is sitting here. I'm not a co-host. I'm the host. <laughs> I'm the hostess with the mostest. How can I be a co-host if you're the host? I'm a helper. Because I'm the host. That makes you a co-host. <laughs> I like it better the other way. We're co-hosts. Okay, so you won't have a host tonight. You just got two co-hosts. That's right. And, and you're not going to have a guest either because evidently he's not as devoted to the podcast as... The co-host. And the other person. Um, and hopefully there's not too many distractions because... Uh, it's really windy here, so uh, hopefully you don't hear the wind blowing through the microphone, and you don't hear the washing machine going through the microphone, and you don't hear the dogs going through the microphone. Hopefully all you hear is me and the other co-host going through the microphone. Uh, and we actually got some news from our news correspondent this week. Thank he, you, news correspondent. Either he, I ragged on him enough over the weekend... Or he remembered about his upcoming annual performance review and didn't want it to turn out poorly. So, looking at our news, um, by the way, the annual performance review doesn't really get you anything, Mr. News Correspondent. Um, so, looking at the news, the first one is entitled Too Much Mayo. And this says a customer at a Georgia subway opened fire at two of the restaurant's employees for having too much mayonnaise on his sandwich. It says officers from the Atlanta Police Department responded to a shooting at approximately 6.36 p.m. on Sunday where officers located two women who appeared to have been shot. The victims were taken to a hospital for treatment where one later died. APD told the Washington Examiner, believe it or not, it was about too much mayonnaise on his sandwich. The owner, Willie Glenn, told Fox 5 he decided to escalate the situation, and from there, that's when all hell broke loose. The son of the employee, who later died, was present at the time of the shooting. At the, of the, shooting. the manager on duty returned fire at the suspect, but did not hit the shooter. So, all of you subway workers out there who may be listening to this, watch the condiments that you put on there. And actually, at a subway, you can tell them how much mayo you want or how little mayo yeah. you want. You just tell them just a little bit of mayo, and they just do a quick little squirt, squirt. But it's still not enough to shoot somebody over. I think I, I think could live with a little extra mayo on the sandwich. Speaking of today, today was Make Your Own Sandwich Day, and I put way too much mayonnaise in my. I had ended up eating half, having to eat the rest of my sandwich with a fork because it was so slathered with mayonnaise and mustard. That was on you. Well, no, it's because they use those big stupid spoons to put it on there with. Or that we put the, put it on there with. We don't have a little squeezy bottle. It doesn't matter. You can see the proportion of your bread and your mayo. I know that, and I thought I had it all calculated it out. So anyhow, um, I could have shot somebody. I'd have had to shoot myself. It'd been oh suicide. Gosh, no. Anyhow, um, another stimulus check for certain Oregonians says... See, this is, I think we're getting into socialist government where you, you think they keep the government keeps handing things out so people end up depending on the government for everything. So, more than 200,000 Oregon workers will receive $600 checks from the state as soon as this week. Oregon lawmakers in March approved the one time stimulus payments for certain low income workers. The payments will go to Oregonians who claimed the earned income tax credit in 2020. 
a tax break for low-income working households. And they had to live within the state of Oregon for the last six months of that year. The Oregon Department of Revenue said Wednesday that it would distribute nearly $141.8 million to 236,000 qualifying households. Payments are limited to one per household. About $82 million will be deposited directly into the bank accounts of qualifying individuals, while the remaining nearly $60 million will be sent via mail. The state said qualifying individuals will receive the money no later than July 1. The state is paying for the stimulus payments with the federal pandemic aid approved by Congress last year. Rich Hoover, a spokesman for the Oregon Department of Revenue, said the payments are not subject to state or federal income tax. Yeah, we've heard that before, haven't we? Mm -hmm. House Bill 4157 passed by wide margins in both chambers of the Oregon legislature this spring, with a handful of Republicans joining majority Democrats in sponsoring the, or in supporting the bill. The payments evolved from a 2021 plan for larger stimulus payments up to $2,000 uh, to essential workers who stayed on the job during the pandemic and those who rejoined the workforce last fall. Hopefully, it'll work out like our mail-in elections and stuff will get sent to the wrong places. Right. Maybe dead people will receive stimulus payments. I'm sure they're going to. And then they'll have to pay taxes on it. Yeah. Uh, Biden's approval rating has fallen below 40%. The Daily Caller asked all 50 Democratic senators if they would endorse Biden in 2024. Only five said yes. And Biden fell off a bike while it's not moving. <laughs> he did. Didn't you see that? No. The memes went crazy over it. Well, I don't I don't see that stuff. Um And I think the last the last one that we have, I think, hang on, it's loading. Whoa. My eyes are too old for that. Um over two hundred thousand dollars being spent on drag queen shows at New York City schools record shows. Oh gosh. New York is showering taxpayer funds on a group that sends drag queens into city schools, often without parental knowledge or consent. Even as parents in other states protest increasingly aggressive efforts to expose kids to gender-bending performers. Oh, a gender-bender. A gender-bender. We used to use those in telecom. It made a male out of a female. <laughs> um, last month alone, uh, Drag Story Hour New York City, a nonprofit whose outrageously cross-dressed performers interact with kids as young as three. Oh. They earned $46,000 from city contracts for appearances at public schools, street festivals, and libraries. Since January, the group has organized 49 drag pro programs in 34 public, elementary, middle, and high schools. Uh, with appearances in all five boroughs. I can't believe this. I am shocked, said public school mom and state assembly candidate Helen Q. Q? Uh, her 11-year-old son attends a Manhattan middle school. I'd be furious if he was exposed without my consent. This is not part of the curriculum. Since 2018, the group previously known as Drag Queen Story Hour New York City, or NYC, before changing its name early this year, has received a total of $207,000 in taxpayer cash. I would be livid if I was a taxpayer and my money was going to that crap because to me it's crap you are it's a taxpayer it's my opinion but you're not a taxpayer in new york city hallelujah 
you're a taxpayer in Oregon. Which we probably pay for. Which we probably have all that type of stuff here. Um, And then last but not least, everybody has heard that uh, the Supreme Court overturned Roe versus Wade. And people are all up in arms about it. But they didn't overturn abortions. They just sent it back to the state level and are letting the states manage the how they're going to handle the abortion issue in their state. Like Oklahoma, I believe it is, they'd already banned abortions in their state. And people are um, all up in arms about it. And I think it probably should be managed at the state level personally rather than federally. Um I think marijuana should be managed at the state level and not be made illegal federally. Because if you cross from Oregon to another state with marijuana, then you're, I think you're in violation of a federal crime. Mm-hmm. Because it's legal in your state, but not be... In another state. Uh, yeah, it may not be legal in that other state. And I don't know if we should even broach the subject of how I feel about abortion. Probably not. But I just know that everybody who uh, listens to this podcast... Their parents were pro-life. Yep. Yep. Either that or they were one of the... They had these women on... Um, oh, it was on some news thing I was reading about that they actually survived abortions. Oh, yeah. But they've had a lot of trauma in their lives ever since then. Well, yeah. So, yeah. We'll leave it at and, that. Yeah. We don't want to lose the few listeners we've got left. So, um, maybe if somebody wants me to talk about it, you can go ahead and email in, and then I'll say, this is from a listener request, and then I can talk about it. Um, oh, we need to say oh, hi to our new friends that are listening. Our new friends that are listening? Yep. Who? From The Rock Show. Well, we don't know they've listened. Neither one of them texted me back. Well, it doesn't matter. They've been busy. Maybe just be like these, and all these other people who say, oh, yeah, listen. His phone had issues. Yeah, but he was supposed to get it fixed on Monday. He was supposed to. I didn't ask them if they knew who Chiang Kai-shek was. They probably do not. They may have because he was from a foreign country and they're generally smarter. So we're giving a shout out to our new friends that we met at the Madras Rock Show. Hello, friends. I hope you're listening. And I hope you're getting your rocks off. Wow. So, speaking of rocks, this week we're talking about punk rock. And this is probably... we kind of went kind of long on the news, but that's probably a good thing because this is probably going to be kind of a short one because how much can you say about a music genre? Unless, of course, it's country. So it says that uh, punk rock, it kind of started, or it, I say through the research, that punk rock kind of started out in the 60s a little bit, uh, but it kind of seemed to really hit its stride in the 70s. Uh, and they say that it was kind of a return of rock and roll. In the 60s, you had all the peace and love and happiness and all that stuff going on. And then when this started coming out, one of the guys from the Ramones, uh, he said that performers like Billy Joel and Simon and Garfunkel were now being labeled as rock and roll. So it seems like the punk singers were kind of wanting a bit more in your face type of music. And boy, did they bring it. Um, it says that this uh, genre of music had less instrumentation and just do-it-yourself type of ethic. Uh, kind of started like an underground sort of music that finally emerged. Um, and it also seemed like a lot of people, uh, or a lot of the lyrics would be somewhat political and more kind of a shouting than a melody. For example, if you go on YouTube and listen to Sound of Silence by Simon and Garfunkel, 
and not the disturbed version. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then go listen to God Save the Queen by the Sex Pistols. That will kind of show you the different genres that we're talking about. But, yeah, so they were kind of wanting to bring rock and roll back, I guess you would say. Um, the other thing with this is that it became pretty popular mainly in the UK. Uh, it was known as pub rock. And this is where these bands would go perform at different venues rather than at larger mainstream band or where the larger mainstream bands wouldn't play at. So just kind of like in their local pubs or whatever. Um, and in the do-it-yourself ethos of it all, they also started to create low-cost independent labels. Um, so they could make all these labels or these different record labels and kind of stick it to the man and uh, not be paying the money out the wazoo for the big record labels. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So these punk rockers, they were breaking away from the norm that everyone was used to. Um, like I'd said, they stripped down their instrumentation. They would only have one or two guitars and some drums. And a lot of their songs, uh, that they produced were pretty short. Um, they were pretty controversial and they were all often self-written to get their message out. And especially for the time, uh, they were so controversial that the music was actually banned in some stores, which is kind of amazing because we had just come out of the whole sex time in history. Um, You know, people were doing it in the streets, but yet they couldn't listen to certain types of music. Um, So that type of stuff was a bit more conservative than it is these days. But going into the type of people that these were, I guess, uh, when you picture a punk rocker in your mind, it pretty much probably spot on with what these people were. Uh, A lot of them were known for their t-shirts, their ripped jeans, and their boots, um, which nowadays that's pretty much commonplace. uh, A lot of the boots they said they wore were Doc Martens. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, You want a tangent? Sure. So, here's a tangent. The kids uh, these days, mainly teenage girls and their clothes these days, Mm -hmm. they go to a store and buy these jeans for like $100. They're all ripped to shreds. Yeah. What's with it? What's with them buying these? I don't know. uh, And that's when they're actually wearing clothes that cover everything up. I know. Would if would you let your daughter go out and wear something like that? Well, I mean, or would you go out and wear something like that when you were a girl? Ripped jeans? Gr- no, these ripped jeans that have holes all the way down the front, all over the place, and halter tops and all this other stuff. Um, back a lot of the things that girls wear today. Back when I was in school, mm-hmm. those girls were known as butter. Uh uh-uh. uh Because Don't they spread for the bread. Of, nope. Don't say the rest of it. So, anyhow, back to the punk rock stuff. Uh, This is also where the colored mohawks and the spiky hair stuff came into vogue. Uh, A lot of the dress and whatnot that these people uh, wore, it was actually just basically for shock factor. Kind of like shock uh, comedians, like Bob Saget and whatnot. He's dead, by the way. Um, And then the female punk rockers... That, that was just talking about the males, pretty much. The female punk rockers, they were a whole other class. 
they either went for the koi or they went for the koi sex kitten look, a famous one that was known as Susie Sue. Uh, she would basically come out in bondage gear on stage. And then the tattoos and piercings and studs and all that type of stuff came around. And I'm not talking about the like the cute little tramp stamps or something like that. We're talking about uh, the ones with skulls and snakes and spiders coming out of them. Um, kind of the, you know, the type of nice, clean person you want to come home and show your mom. And they would pierce uh, any much anything that could be pierced. For instance, we may look up Prince Albert and Urban Dictionary or something like that and see what that's all about. Huh? No, leave that alone. Okay. So, uh, looking at the history of this movement, it seems it kind of got going in the U.S., at least in uh, New York City. It kind of got started around the Greenwich Village area and and down in lower Manhattan. One of the first people that came out was a gal named Patty Smith, who, for the record, looked like a mud fence in a rainstorm. But she came out with a single called Hey Joe, and on the B-side of the 45 record was the song called Piss Factory. And I didn't even bother to look up the lyrics on that. So she finally teamed up with a guy named Tom Verlaine, and they end up hitting the road. About the, ta- about the same time she came around a more famous group called or about the time that she came around, a more famous group came around called the Ramones. And remember how I said that the songs were generally shorter because they're self-written and whatnot? They performed... the oh, yeah. The Ramones performed around 74 shows that were an average of 17 minutes long. Their show was? Yeah. The entire show was 77... I wonder how much you had to pay to get into one of those shows. Probably a lot. Yeah. Um, although a lot of the critics didn't like them in the beginning, they've, they've kind of become known as one of the greatest bands of all time. Uh, you may remember the Ramones for their song, Blitzkrieg Bop. You, you don't remember the Blitzkrieg Bop? Mm-mm. Oh, yeah. It opens with the same lines that you tell your wife when you need to go somewhere. It starts out with, hey, ho, let's go. Oh, good grief. Um, but there are also bands like the Heartbreakers, the Voidoids. Uh, a few different others. And in the UK, there was a guy named Malcolm McLaren who had kind of been managing a bo- he'd been managing a band called the New York Dolls. And he'd seen this punk stuff in the US and he was going to take it to Britain. And this guy was a partner in a clothing store which had recently been renamed to Sex. So you can kind of see what type of guy he was. But the store was kind of pushing this anti-fashion clothing, so it would end up going well with the punk rock scene. And one of the people that frequented the shop was known by his stage name of Johnny Rotten. And do you know who Johnny Rotten is from? Don't look at the screen. I'm not. I don't have a clue. Don't you love these question and answer sessions we have in the podcast? Yes, I do. I feel it brings us closer together as a couple. Well, yeah, and the listeners think I'm not very smart. I could ask easier questions. Okay, who is Johnny Punk? Johnny Rotten. Rotten. He was one of the founding members of the Sex Pistols. Oh, I should have known that. Yeah, I think so. (sighs) Everybody knows that. Um, These guys started working different shows, uh, and some people said they weren't as much into music as it seems they were into chaos. They would taunt their crowds, turning them into almost riots. 
And not long after the Sex Pistols came, the Ramones, which further influenced the punk culture throughout the UK, uh, they, the Ramones were going on over there. Um, and if you look at some of the names, for, or the punk names that you had in the UK, there was the Sex Pistols, the Buzzcocks, and last but not least, the Nipple Erectors. Where do you come up with this crap? It's in the research. I can't deny the fans the research. Well, you could pick different research. That was the only names that were in the... Well, oh. there was a few others, but there was a lot of different other names in there, too. Okay. So you can kind of see what they were pushing across the pond. So while the punk uh, genre was flourishing in the UK, it was still kind of an underground movement back in the States. But by 1977, it had spread to the West Coast and started growing in L.A., and these bands, they just had weird weird names. Uh, it's like they wanted to push their social outcast scene. They had names such as the Weirdos, the Misfits, the Screamers, the Mutants, and so on and so forth. Just a bunch of strange names. But throughout the world, uh, the punk rock community was kind of seeing a divide. Now you are getting <coughs> uh, the new punk and the old punk. And the new punk was even becoming more overtly violent, violent than the old punk. And if you look at some of the videos or images of these guys performing their stages, uh, their stage was crazy. And it kind of just seemed like a violent concert. This is kind of where mosh, pit, mosh pits came from. They were mainly started by a new punk band named Oi. You remember Oi, don't you? O-I! Exclamation point. You never heard of them? You've heard of them. Maybe. Everybody's heard of them. Um, they came out of the UK. And this whole thing with the guys in the UK, I sometimes wonder if they were so violent because they were ashamed that the US had had to come to help them so much in world wars. Because uh, we're 2-0 and in world wars as of right now. But then punk started to get another new wave and actually got some decent bands came out of this era. Now these ones you'll know. Blondie. Yes. The Police. Yep. The Cars. Yeah. And then there are a few others. Okay, those ones I know. Yeah, these guys, I can actually listen to some of their stuff. But these bands, they kind of started from the punk era, but got this new wave going where there was actually some creativity coming out of it. And then the new wave actually became mainstream when MTV came out in 1981. Oh gosh, 81? Yeah. Does anybody actually out there remember MTV playing music videos? I do. What was the first music video you ever saw? Oh, I couldn't even tell you. I don't have a clue. You don't remember? No. Who <laughs> remembers that? I do. Of course you do. I remember everything. I know. Oh, I know. It was uh, These Dreams by Heart. Because hmm. I was at a friend of mine's house, and they had cable, because we lived too far out of town to get t cable television. And we turned on MTV in his mom and dad's room, and that video came on. I think it was Aha, Take On Me. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Take on white. me. And it was intentional. Oh, I was going to say, you're not that old. No, it was intentional. I mean, you are older than I am. Yes, I know. Yeah, cougar. Aye. So, anyhow, and that's kind of uh, just going to leave you on a cliffhanger with that one. There's not a whole little heck of a lot more that we can say about punk rock other than... <clears throat> These guys seem like a bunch of weirdos, kind Punks. of. You remember um, Insane Clown Posse? They had the Juggalos? No. You know who ICP is, right? I do now. Please say you've heard of ICP. I do now. Just say be yes. so the fans will 
you say I've heard of ICP. I've heard of ICP. Okay, good. They had these groups of people that followed them uh, called the Juggalos, kind of like the Grateful Dead had the Deadheads. Okay. Well, uh, they had this gal who used to be like an internet sensation or something. I don't know. Her name was Tyla Tequila. And she came out on stage to like help promote them and stuff. And one of the Juggalos threw a beer bottle and whacked her in the forehead with it. Whoops. Yeah, you can look it up on the internet. Nope, I'm good. I don't need to look that up. So, anyhow, um, I hope you guys were enjoying this. Uh, should we go into another question and answer session? Oh, give me an easy one. An easy one. In E equals MC squared, what no. does the E stand for? Everything. Energy. Right. What does the M stand for? Mechanical. Mass. What does the C stand for? Celsius. Light. It stands for light. Yeah. Everybody knew Energy that. equals mass times light squared. Yep. Yeah. Oh, we got to go watch the rodeo this weekend. That was pretty cool. It's nice to see people actually, well, I guess in our neck of the woods, we don't have a whole lot of big events going on. But it was kind of neat to see people get back out in the action or back out. There's only a few people that were still wearing face masks, which if that's your thing, go ahead and do it. I'm not going to knock you for it. Um, and nobody got mad at anybody for not wearing a face mask. So Correct. that was kind of cool. Nope, it was good. We had record. I think I read that it was like a record-breaking year for. Um, yeah, the Saturday Saturday night. Perf- Saturday night performance. Thank you. Uh-huh. Had the highest uh, attendance that we've ever had at the uh, at the rodeo. So that was yep. pretty cool. Yep. And the clown did a pretty good job. JJ. Yep, JJ. JJ's pretty awesome. I posted a couple of pictures on the Instagram. If uh, anybody wants to go look at it. And next, what do we have? Next what? Next, Not next week, the week after. No, I think it's next week, actually. No, it's not. It's the week after. We have the horse races coming to town. Yes. So if y'all guys want to get drunk and bet on some horses running, it, come on out and uh, support the horse racing. Because they're actually, remember, they were trying to get that law passed to ban, yep. ban horse racing in the state of Oregon. Mm-hmm. But evidently it didn't pass yet, but I think they did close down the Grants Pass Grants Race pass. Grants Pass racetrack. So yeah, there's only a, a few racetracks probably left operating in the entire state. We won't go down without a fight. Yeah. Okay, well, uh thanks for hanging in there and listening to us. And uh that's pretty much it for this one. We will see you guys on the next one. Wait, aren't you going to tell him like how to get a hold of you? Does it matter? Yes, absolutely. Nobody ever gets a Our hold of me. Our friends from Madras don't know. Tell him. Tell who? If you don't know how to get a hold of us, you can go out and follow me, follow hey, follow us now, I guess, on the um, Facebook page at Podcast from P-Town or on Instagram at P-Town Podcast. Or you can send me a good old-fashioned email at, I like how I say emails, old-fashioned. I know, yeah. it is. Uh, P-Town Podcast at, or P-Town Podcast 74 at gmail.com. I wonder if we should get a Snapchat. You know, Rump nope. Chat, another podcast that I listen to, they have a Snapchat. Yeah. Maybe we should get a Twitter account. Nope, I think they're good. I'm still kind of hooked on the OnlyFans. I don't know what to tell you about that. Okay. I bet it'd really boost the ratings. I am going to go now, so thank okay. you. Okay, thank you for listening, and uh, we will see you guys later. Bye.